All right, what's up with it? This is Man and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked, baby. And now, the Time Fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. First headline, and it seems like he's in the headlines every single week. That's right, none other than... Ireland's bad boy. So bad, the government doesn't want to be associated with him. Conor McGregor. And he announced via Twitter this week that he retired. It's not the first time he's done that. May not be the last. Now, MMA Junkie, salute to them. They had a really good article about the reasons that he may and the reasons that he may not retire one of the things at least for me when I saw it my initial reaction was I can't believe this I I don't believe this I I just couldn't believe it I was in shock and I was like is this real I I don't know about this he just said something about fighting Pettis three days before he put that tweet out and then the previous week he was filmed at different uh St. Paddy's or I should say Paddy's Day events or St. Patrick's Day learn that you call it one or the other don't uh combine the two but anyway he was at different events being filmed on TMZ of course talking about he's going to fight Nate again that trilogy fight has to happen now all of a sudden you're retiring Elvis Denosich said it best via uh, social media. He said he's out the game when he's out of the USADA pool. And he's not out the USADA pool. Now, one of the cons that Junkie mentioned was very, very strong as to why he has not. It's because Dana White welcomed it. He's like, hey, he's done a great for himself. He's got other ventures. Yeah, you know, uh, congratulations for him. When has Dana welcomed one of his cash cows retiring? Now, Rhonda, yeah, even though she hasn't officially retired, we know that she's done. Publicly, he was like, yeah, you know, it's good. She's having fun. You know, she's doing this and doing that. And I think he genuinely was supportive of her. But that was after two vicious knockout losses. And I'm sure there were some different conversations behind the scenes before she did that. He nearly had an aneurysm when GSP said that he was taking a break. He didn't say he was retiring. He just said he's taking a break, stepping away for a while, and he about lost it. As a matter of fact, ruined his relationship with GSP over all that. Now, something else that kind of tips Connor's hand as to the fact that this probably isn't true is that his coach asked Where's that sofa? Now, that may be some kind of 
Ireland or uh, British, I should say UK kind of uh, humor or something. I don't get the whole where's the couch thing or where's the sofa thing, but pretty much saying, hey, I, I don't I don't believe that. And this is his coach. Now, what I really want to know is how will some information because there let me stop and say this there are a lot of other reasons that people say that this may happen one thing that happened on the day that he put that out was that the new york times put out a report regarding the uh, arrest that he uh or i should say the arrest for sexual abuse uh rape specifically back in january well i said something about that not too long ago on the main card uh, because some information got leaked through the irish media and i got a chance to take a look at and read uh, that account so it's not like that information wasn't already out there the fact that it's being um validated by the new york times says a lot could that have something to do with it maybe could it have something to do with it that Nate the same guy he said you know a week or so before that trilogy fight has to happen has said he wants to fight Habib versus fighting Connor maybe but that could be Nate's way of public nego- publicly negotiating and I really think that's what is up with this that is just public negotiations especially with the fact that the UFC announced this deal last week with ESPN as far as pay-per-view is concerned, that is going to have a definite impact on the bottom line of those who get pay-per-view points. So this is just a whole bunch of stuff going on. I'll say this about the information regarding the case. And again, not that it wasn't out there, but it wasn't out there through a source like the uh, New York Times now that that's out there and he's got this case in Miami what's the impact going to be I mean we consistently see him displaying this poor behavior time and time again wondering if that's going to be taken into account when dealing with this whole phone debacle now Floyd had some issues with the phone too back in the day and a lady now granted it was this phone issue wasn't a lady but uh connor's alleged issues with the lady are yeah absolutely despicable and deplorable floyd got some jail time behind his what'll happen to connor only time will tell there have been lots of fights made recently and or strongly rumored one fight that is definite is Henry Cejudo taking on Magic Marlon Marais for the vacant Bantamweight belt on the June pay-per-view in Chicago. Now, many people, including myself, thought that either Aljo or Pedro Munoz should get a crack at that Vanta, Bant- I'm sorry, vacant Bantamweight belt. Try saying that three times fast, even just one time slow. Anyway, I thought that one of them should get it. Aljo losing to uh, Morais 
kind of puts it in a weird position and the uh, NSAC chose to uphold a temporary suspension versus Munoz until he can come before the board due to him jumping out of the cage earlier this month after KO and Cody No Love. Another fighter that was on that card with Munoz and obviously if he's temporarily suspended, kind of hard to get a fight deal going but another fighter that was on that card actually headlined that card was John Jones who teased some things about a fight himself a fight at heavyweight with Stipe Miocic during International Fight Week only for the next day reports to come out that he's going to be fighting at light heavyweight against Tiago Mahenta Santos yeah I mean John's a master troll and it could have just been another one of his troll jobs uh, because the reports are saying that that has been verbally agreed upon another fight that's been verbally agreed upon for that card is a bantamweight title fight between Amanda the Lioness Nunez versus Holly the Preacher's daughter Home. Alright, to close out headlines and hot takes this week, Dustin the Diamond Poirier is preparing for a light heavyweight, not light heavyweight, a lightweight interim title fight versus Max Holloway. And Poirier has a charitable foundation called the Good Fight Group. He plans on auctioning his fight gear off from that upcoming fight to raise funds and build a disabled access, or should say disabled accessible playground back home in Lafayette, Louisiana. In a week where politicians made news for defunding Special Olympics, he's looking to help that demographic. That's a real good look. You can learn more about this at thegoodfightgroup.com uh, if you're interested in knowing more about what it is that he's doing and any ways that you can help. Up next, some sweet science conversation in the old one, two. Want to stay up to date with Yankees baseball? Listen to Bronx Bombers Beat with me, Nate Shelton, every Monday, right here on MTMV. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one, two. Eddie Hearn said, Takam is a done deal. We're just finalizing the date with the zone. Not that there are many Takams in boxing, but Hearn is speaking of Carlos Takam, who lost to Anthony Joshua in 2017 in a heavyweight title match. Who is Takam fighting? Alexander Usyk! That's right, the long-awaited move to the glamour weight division of boxing is being made by one of its rising stars. A win in, and his next fight could be the greatest test of his career versus matchroom boxing stablemate and the zone broadcast mate, the aforementioned Anthony Joshua. 
Oh man, I've been waiting to see Usyk move up, and I like to see him fight Joshua. But then again, I like to see pretty much anybody fight Joshua. There are two sides to every story, and the truth generally lies somewhere between. That's what's going on with the now infamous kiss seen around the world. Kubra Puliev should be basking in the newfound recognition for his knockout victory on Saturday night. Unfortunately, he's being skewered for kissing Jenny Shushi as they ended their interview. The Belarusian in a social media post said that it was due to the elation that he felt from winning the fight, you know, and that it was acceptable because they were friends. He said that Sushi was present at his post-fight celebration, that they laughed as soon as everything was over and thanked each other for the interview, and he really didn't think any more of it after it occurred. Well, and that not only he didn't think anything of it, it was just, it, it was all over, you know. Sushi didn't think anything of it, he didn't think anything of it. Well, he was wrong, because Sushi lied, uh, or I should say Sushi lawyered up on Thursday to file a suit for sexual harassment and to paraphrase her prepared statement at the press conference she said that after grabbing the cheeks of her face and kissing her that that wasn't enough for Puliev after the interview as she was putting her items away Puliev used both of his hands to grab her other cheeks then laughed and walked away that unmatched story of after the kiss, there was nothing else. She did say that she was there in a professional capacity, which may give a little credence to what he said about their friendly relationship. Regardless, it's wrong. What he did was wrong. It's disgusting. I felt the same way when Tanya Evinger kissed Laura Sanko in the cage after winning a fight a couple years back. They, too were both friends and you know Laura said hey you know it, it kind of is what it is it happened um, you know it, it's, it's no big deal but I don't have any friends that I would feel comfortable kissing the way that they kissed nor would I feel comfortable if one of my friends engaged me to kiss me that way not like that her lawyer Gloria Allred is known for representing women in high profile cases like this and has represented in suits against Molly Crew, Herman Cain, Anthony Weiner, and R. Kelly, all for sexual harassment, just to name a few. Our televised lineup for the weekend gives us three fights on Saturday, March 30th. On Saturday afternoon, stateside on the zone, or Saturday evening on Sky, depending on where and how you're watching. Liam Smith is taking on Sam Eggington. That's a 12-round fight at Junior Middleweight. That at, not afternoon, but that evening, stateside from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at the 2300 Arena on ESPN WBC titleist and number one light heavyweight Alexander Vazdik looks to defend that belt versus Dudu Ngumbu that is a 12 round fight because it's for the title 
Also on that card, you have Ray Robinson, who's the number seventh ranked welterweight in the world, according to Ring Magazine, taking on, I'm not going to try the first name, but the last name, we're going to give it the college try. Cavaliuskas. Yeah, I'm sure I murdered that one. It'll be a 10-round fight, and uh, hopefully it's a good one. And then that evening, as well, on the zone from Indio, California, you got Ryan Garcia taking on Jose Lopez in a 10-round lightweight bout. Let's step out of the squared circle and into the one championship cage for what will be the biggest card to date for them a new era keep it locked what's up guys john here Coming at you, representing Tinseltown, La La Land itself. That's right. It's LA Confidential bringing you the newest Laker podcast, up-to-date game breakdown, up-to-date game analysis, what is scenarios, outlooks for the season, whatever it is. If it's Lakers, I'm bringing it on the MTMV Sports Podcast Network, trying to start your week off right every Monday with LA Confidential. Thank you. Come hang out. Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Booby, and you listening to MTMV Sports Scat. One championship makes its debut in Tokyo, Japan for a new era, and they could not have chosen a more fitting name for this card because this fight truly ushers in a new era for one championship as this is the biggest card in their history four title fights two high profile debuts and the first round of the flyweight grand prix the first mma fight because there is a kickboxing fight on the card to open up but the first mma fight on the main card you have Eddie the Underground King Alvarez bringing his 29 and 6 record into the one cage versus 12 and 4 Timofey Nastyukin at lightweight. The first MMA fight on the main card is Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez, former Bellator and UFC champion that's how big this fight card is this is also the final fight in the first round of the lightweight grand prix based on recent history this is a good matchup both have had mixed results eddie's two and two with a no contest versus poirier when they ran it back the diamond shine telling the underground king hold this l Nostyukin is 3-2 and two in his last five. He lost his last fight to Doggy, and he got destroyed as well. Timofey has a 75% stoppage rate 
with six wins by strikes and three by subs. And he's been with one since 2014, so he knows what's going on. He's familiar with how they do things. And he even beat the current champ and main eventer for this card, Edward Foyolong. But he's never had a test like the test he's going to have versus Eddie, the underground king, Alvarez. Next fight on the card, you got Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Quite possibly the best to ever do it. Definitely the best flyweight to ever do it. And he holds the record for the most title defenses in UFC history. He's taking on Yuya Little Piranha Wakamatsu. And the fight's at flyweight. This is DJ's one debut. His coach is an executive with the organization. His teammate, Viviano Fernandez, is a former one champ who's looking to get his strap back on this card as well. That means both of these fighters have been pushing each other in training with great motivation as they both want to get back on the winning track after double-digit win streaks were snapped in their last outing. As in the previous matchup, this is also the last fight in the first round of a Grand Prix, this being, of course, the Flyweight Grand Prix. Now, Japan's Yuya should have the support of his countrymen. And he's been 3-2 and two in his last five. Wakamatsu also lost his last fight, which was his one debut, and that was in September of last year. Now, he looks to give DJ the same results. And all but one of Little Piranha's victories have been by KO. If he were to do that to DJ... Oh, it would set the MMA world on fire. Now, the first of the four title fights is in the Bantamweight division. As 20 and 5, Kevin the Silencer Bellingham takes on 22 and 4. DJ's teammate, Viviano Fernandez, to complete a rubber match. The first time they fought, the Flash, then champ, sub Bellingon in a flash with the Kimura in the first round. Before the rematch, which was about four months ago, Bibiano was extremely confident going in. And he should be based on his previous results and the fact that he hadn't lost in eight years. Just as The Flash did in that first fight, Kevin lived up to his nickname, silencing Bibiano and giving him the fourth L of his career. Bellingnon was able to keep much of the fight standing, which is where he has the advantage. If Flash can get it to the ground, he'll have the best opportunity to regain the title. At middleweight, you have Onlock Song, who is also the light heavyweight champ. He will be bringing his 24 and 10 record into the one cage versus Ken Hasegawa, who's 16, 3 and 1. This one, like the Bantamweight title fight, 
before is a rematch and a rematch of a fight last year which could have been and really was in the rank uh the running uh on our aftermath year-end show from me for fight of the year unlike the bantamweight fight though this is not an immediate rematch at least not for the champ on live fought in october and ko'd his opponent the burmese python also knocked out ken but again that was a slug fest and it lasted five rounds versus the one round stoppage that Ong La had in his last one Hasegawa hopes to have a better outcome this time because uh, really going into the third round of that fight it was really competitive if his cardio can hold up he might be able to pull out the upset over the hard knocks 365 rep the championship's rounds are where Ken began to fade, and ultimately, he could not withstand the pressure that Unsong put on him. The co-main event is the Voices marquee matchup, and it pits Jiang the Panda, Jingna, who's 13-1, versus 9-0, Adam Wick Champ. Angela unstoppable lead for Zhang's strawweight title. Due to the action-packed nature of the previous fight, I almost chose it as the Voices Marquee matchup. Instead, I chose this one because it has the biggest homegrown star in the unstoppable, undefeated Lee. She places that undefeated record on the line versus quite possibly the most dangerous woman under the one banner the punching panda has historically flown the flag high not just for women but for mma as a whole in china she desires to inspire other athletes and become the biggest name in mma in one of the largest countries in the world and historically looked at as the birthplace of martial arts Six of Lee's nine wins have come by submission, while Zhang has stopped nine of her foes by strikes. So this is a classic striker versus grappler matchup, and I can't wait to see which one is able to put their game plan into effect and overcome the other person. Especially with the Punching Panda's power and Lee coming up in weight. Ooh, that is going to be very, very interesting. In the main event of the evening, Edward Landslide Foyolong, the lightweight champion, will put his title on the line versus the legend Shinya Aoki. Aoki has been doing his thing for a minute in so many major organizations including Strikeforce stateside but most of the work that he's done has been in Asia he's fought for organizations like Deep Shudo, Ryzen as well as One a victory could put him in a position to rematch Eddie Alvarez who he fought in Deep years ago this, like all but one of the title fights on the card, is a rematch. Last time they fought 
was on the 2016 one card uh, named Defending Honor. And that's just what the landslide did. Edward defended the honor of being champ, knocking Shinya out in round three of that fight. Since then, the challenger has gone three and two, winning his last three in a row. The champ has gone four and one in that same time frame, with the only loss coming to Martin the Situation UN. And that was in November 2017. Will Shinya get his revenge in the rematch? Or will Landslide repeat his dominant performance? We'll find out Sunday morning. In the U.S., that is. Or whenever you get to catch it. Personally, I'll be at church uh, during that time and or just preparing for church. So I'm going to have to stay off the socials. Which, uh, your man, the voice is at the voice. That's T H A V as in Victor O. Wise and Yankee Z as in Zulu E on all platforms, but I'll have to stay off of my Twitter specifically because that's where most of my MMA uh, information comes from and goes down. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to wait to tweet about the service because I don't want to see what is going on as far as this card is concerned. Um, I want to come home take a nap and then get up and watch it on Bleacher Report live at my leisure another fight on that card that you definitely want to pay attention to is on the undercard you got Gary Tonin uh, fighting and he has been looking really good as he's transitioned into MMA from Jiu Jitsu and has really done a decent job of bringing those skills from the mat to the cage after this break fight fans we'll dive into Bellator 219 on the MTMV main card Mike check one two one two it's your man J. Kells represent my team, my voice, and I'm the host of the number one sports show on the planet, Star Talk, where we talk everything about your team, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, every Saturday night right here on Anchor, my team, my voice. Yo, 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 this your boy E. Hud, God's MC, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Peace. Bellator 219 will take place at Pachanga Resort and Casino in Temecula, California. Opening up the main card, you got 3-5 Joe Stitch'em Up Schilling versus 15-4-1 Keith the KO Kid Barry. This fight takes place at middleweight. Why would Bellator open a card with two fighters that have two wins between the both of them in their past 10 collective fights. It's because Joe Schilling is a phenomenal striker and generally he's must watch TV. If he's not knocking someone out, he's getting knocked out. Barry will make the walk to the Bellator cage for the ninth time 
the KO Kid has lived up to his moniker in 9 of his 15 victories. The last time he did that, though, was the last year that he won a fight. And that was 2013. Six years ago. Schilling, on the other hand, he has been fighting for Bellator in multiple disciplines. The noted kickboxer has been competing in MMA off and on for the last 11 years, with most of his fights under the bright lights. He's fought for Elite XC, including fighting on Showtime, as well as for Bellator. In his last fight, his opponent quit on the stool after one round of the Stitch Em Up special. Former welterweight champion, 21-3, Andre the Spartan Koreshkov, faces 13-4, Mike Jasper at welterweight. Andre is probably the largest favorite on this card. Jasper was a regional champion, the U.S. native, has fought multiple times under the Bama banner and lost his fight to get into the house for tough season 17. That was the John Jones and uh, Chell Sonnen season. The reason I believe that Jasper is such a large underdog is that on the regional scene, he lost to the more notable fighters that he faced. In the Spartan, he's going to have the largest challenge of his career. Like leaps and bounds bigger than anyone he's ever fought. Like the biggest name he's fought was Angel DeAnda. Yeah, and he got beat. Andre was supposed to fight Lorenz Larkin on this card and headline it, but an injury forced the monsoon out, and now Koreshkov has a stay busy fight. This is not boxing, though. And it's the kind of matchup that could spell disaster if he were to lose, especially being favored as high as he is and everything else that I said regarding Jasper. Again, he's only lost four fights, and he's got some power, so anything could happen. In the last fight that Koreshkov had, it was a rubber match between him and Douglas Lima, in round one of the welterweight grand prix and he was losing the fight and then lima was like you know what let me put a stamp on this and choked him out in the final round now he's trying to avoid the first losing streak of his career to do so look for the spartan to try and make a statement by going all out against who on paper is the lesser competition. The co-main event features former two-time Bellator featherweight champ Daniel Strauss, who's 25 and 8, versus 12 and 14, Shane the War Rhino Crutchin. This is at lightweight and it's the voices marquee matchup. And I just have to stop and take a step back. Every time I look at Shane Crutchin's nickname, I think about Black Panther. Wakanda forever. Okay. Anyway, this is the first time, and this is really the reason why it's the Voice of Morgan matchup. It's the first time that Strauss has fought at lightweight. 
And it's the first time that he's fought since fighting for his life after a catastrophic motorcycle accident. He injured his neck, had to learn how to walk again. He was close to calling it a career. Had it not been for the doctors clearing him, he would have been forced to walk away. Between training injuries and those sustained in the accident, Strauss has been out of commission for 18 months. Admittedly, his emotions have been all over the place this week leading up to the fight. And that's understandable due to the circumstances. The last time I can remember him being this engaged is when he regained his title from Patricio Pitbull at a card here in St. Louis. The former two-time featherweight champ is two and three in his last five fights. Across the cage from him stands former WSOF fighter Crutchin, who's three and two in his last five. He's been fairly inactive, though, only averaging a fight a year over the past, like, five years. The reason that this is the Voices Marquee matchup, again, is because I'm interested in seeing how Strauss rebounds from such a life-threatening injury and traumatic event. In interviews, he talked about how he refused to die during this ordeal. Someone who already struggled with staying healthy, having the will and determination to battle back and get into competition shape, deserves a spotlight. And Bellator is providing just that with this co-main event placement. In the main event of the evening, Syed, the assassin Awad, brings his 23-10 record into the cage versus 15-8 Brandon Gertz. This is a lightweight bout. Both fighters competed versus former champs in their last matchup, and both of them lost. Syed lost a decision to Ben Henderson. Brandon got choked out by Michael Chandler around this time last year, and I had the pleasure of being at that fight. It was a thorough domination by the current champ Chandler, who was originally scheduled to fight Brent Premise in a rematch of the strange outing at Madison Square Garden. Brent Premise got hurt once again, because that's kind of how things work with him. And in step Gertz. Was glad that he stepped in to save the day, but it didn't go his way. Brandon's been with Bellator since 2012. And he's one in four in his last five fights. The assassin, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. He's four and one in his last five. One thing that they both have in common, though, is a fan-friendly style, which is why these two combatants are headlining the card. The undercard has some notable fighters, too. You got blue-chip wrestlers like Joey Davis and Sean Bunch on there. And on the undercard, you have Caveman Rickles versus AJ Matthews. So be sure to check out the streams on the Bellator app or the zone. Let's take a pause for the cause, and when I come back, I'll preview UFC Philadelphia. Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. 
The Wells Fargo Center in the city of brotherly love has a fight card that is tailor-made to the voices liking. In the UFC's second fight on ESPN proper, with two Nigerians and a St. Louis fighter in half the matchups, this is right up my alley. And if you've listened to the MTMV main card before, you know that I try to be unbiased with the exception of fighters from Nigeria and St. Louis. With so much to choose from, it made picking my marquee matchup much more difficult. In the curtain jerker, you have Shaman Marias, who's 11-2, taking on the 8-1 Super Sadiq Yusuf at Featherweight. When I began to research this card, I was like, yes, this is going to be the marquee matchup. Yusuf is Dana is a Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alum, and he won a performance of the night bonus in his last matchup. Marais is 4-1 in his last five fights, only losing to Zabit in his UFC debut. He has five knockouts and six decisions. Super, on the other hand, has five knockouts as well, but he only has nine fights. His fight to get into the big show, this being Super Sadiq Yusuf, was a phenomenal display of skill and heart. And this man has heart. He fought his last fight, his debut fight in the UFC, just after his brother died to... I believe it was typhoid fever, which is something that people don't really die from in the U.S. Unfortunately, his brother was back in Nigeria and he wasn't able to get the proper treatment and passed from that. So he's fighting to get his other family members over and showing that heart. A heart so big, uh, he even sparred with his mom a little bit. He carried the same style into his last fight, which is why I almost chose this one as a voices marquee matchup, but I didn't. The next fight, you got Paul the Bear Jew Craig, who's 10-3, taking on 6-0. Kennedy is Chuku. Yeah, it's Chuku. Messed that up. Sorry. Uh, Niger stand up. He's a Nigerian as well. Uh, I'm Yoruba. That's not a Yoruba name. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I just messed that one up. I can tell you this is a light heavyweight fight, though. Fighting out of Fortis MMA, Kennedy is a killer. And also a Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alum. His last fight was in Season 2 last summer where he KO'd Dennis Bryant. This is his big show debut, and he's looking to build on a budding career versus the Bear Jew. In his last five fights, the former Bama champion has been matched up with bright prospects just like Kennedy. Unfortunately, his last outing, he lost to Jimmy Crew, winning two out of his last three, or I should say two or three out of his last five fights. Craig needs a victory to stay relevant and in the UFC's good graces. His last contract was for four fights, and he was on a two-fight skid heading into the final fight of that contract. Had Paul Craig not 
picked up a comeback of the year contender against Magomed and Kalaev, he wouldn't even be in the UFC now. Historically, Nigerians do well in the UFC debut, which is why this could have been the voice of Marky matchup, but it's not. Josh Emmett is fighting Michael Johnson, St. Louis' own Michael Johnson, and that fight should be fireworks. With Johnson only being two degrees of separation from your man, The Voice, because he's from St. Louis. Hey, it's a no-brainer that that's The Voice's marquee matchup, right? Wrong. The Voice's marquee matchup is a strong weight battle between 16 and 6, Michelle Watterson, and 12 and 3, Cool Carolina Kovalkiewicz. This is the first match made when this card was announced. And I said if it wasn't the main event, it was going to be the Voices Marquee matchup. I love both of these fighters to pieces. And I always look forward to their fights with great anticipation. The fact that they're fighting one another, yeah, that's a huge bonus for fight fans. Both are phenomenal strikers. If it goes to the ground, advantage waters and though. Their all-action style on paper is a perfect recipe for a fight of the night contender. And with an E60 documentary that played last Sunday for Watterson, this will probably be the most watched fight on the card. I have a strong suspicion it's going to live up to the hype. Next fight on the card, you got Josh Emmett, who is 13-2. and two, Taking on 19 and 13, Michael Johnson at Featherweight. Okay, I touched on the matchup earlier in the section. Josh Emmett was on a roll and seemed destined for contender status before suffering a controversial knockout to Jeremy Stevens. The Team Alpha product has only tasted defeat twice in his career. He faces the tough 12 finalist, Michael the Menace Johnson. Johnson fights for the fourth time at featherweight. Two of his previous three featherweight bouts were against Emmett's teammates. Uh, Darren the Damaged Elkins was one of them, and he spoiled Johnson's featherweight debut, submitting him at home in front of his family here in St. Louis on Martin Luther King weekend in 2018. Johnson rebounded from that with a split decision win over Team Alpha's Andre Feely. Then following it up, beating Connor's main sparring partner, Artem Loboff, and sending him back into bare-knuckle boxing. This will be at least the third time in 18 months that Team Alpha's staff has had to game plan for Michael the Menace Johnson. Will the third time be the charm? As with the Voices Marquee matchup, both of these fighters have high action styles and prefer to keep the fight on the feet. The co-main event, you've got David Branch at 22 and 5 versus 18 and 4 Jack the Joker Hermanson and it's a middleweight bout. Before Conor McGregor and Daniel Cormier, David Branch was a two division champ. And unlike those two, he defended both of his titles, both 
185 title as well as the 205 title. Granted, it was against lesser competition in the WSOF, but it's still a noteworthy feat. Fighting comfortably at 185, he looks to get back on the winning track after losing to Jerry Cannonier in his last outing, which moved him to 1-2 and two under the UFC banner. You can't always tell a person's ability by their record, though. His other loss was to former champ Luke Rockhold. But he beat the rumored light heavyweight title challenger, Mahetta Santos. Knocked him out. If he can't beat Hermanson in this, his second run in the UFC, yeah, it's probably going to come to a close. Jack's no joke. He's gone four and one in his last five outings and is riding a two-fight win streak into this matchup. Branch is a BJJ specialist, and the Joker likes to stand and bang, so advantage if it gets to the ground for David Branch. If it stays on the feet, the Joker should have the advantage, but again, like I said, David Branch knocked out Maheta Santos in his last fight. Or I should say in Santos's last loss. Edson Barbosa at 20 and 6 is taking on the 19 and 2. Justin, the highlight, Gagey in the main event of the evening. Last week's main event was a striker's delight. And this week's is as well for the UFC. Not only do these men throw down in the cage, but their leg kicks are things of legend. Fighting in the tri-state area, a region he's called home for many years, Barboza recently changed camps and now calls American Top Team home. I'm sure he'll get the support of the people there due to his roots and his exciting fighting style. The highlights definitely got the right nickname, though. Since making a name for himself in the WSOF, Gagey has thrilled fight fans with his knockdown, drag-out fights. The concern with his fighting style, though, is that he throws caution to the wind and hopes that he's the one with the ability to finish the fight first. Justin has a wrestling background, but he's made it known that he's not going to use it. If there was a time to mix things up and draw on those wrestling roots, it would be in this fight as few strikers are more dangerous than Barbosa, who has stopped a fight by way of kicks in multiple ways. More than any other fighter, he's done it with both, or not both, but with all of these kinds. Head kick, body kick and leg kick so going down to the ground yeah that that wouldn't be a bad idea speaking of going down if you go down on the card uh below the main card on the undercard got some good fights there kevin uh the angel of death aguilar's fighting got ross the real deal pearson fighting ray borg is fighting and sabina mazo is making her debut up next, the official results. 
Let's go old school on him. Hit him with something my cappella. <laughs> For sure. Cause I'm red and I'm bold. I'm red and I'm bold. I'm red and I'm bold. Listen, I'm red and I'm bold. Yo, yo. If you ready for some cheats news, you in the right place. It's Will Smith with Red and Bold. You can catch the show every Friday. It's my team and my voice. It's showtime. You made the right choice. Got the MVP of the whole league. Got the wide out with the most speed in 15. Can throw the ball from the 15 to the 15. Reside in the average boy. Was born and raised in the streets of KC. M.O. Red and Bold. So let's go. My team's so phenomenal. It's Red and Bold. It's Red and Bold. What's good? It's your boy Stephen Malcolm, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Let's get it. This has been episode 84 of the MTMV main card. And if the Lord says the same, I'll be back at it again next week. You got a lot of MMA going on this Friday. Not only do you have Bellator, but you got CES, LFA, and Combate. If you like what you hear, make sure you tell a friend about MTMV Sports. Subscribe to us on and review us on your favorite audio platform. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Anchor.fm, Salute to Anchor, uh, and a number of other platforms. Fight fans. I want to hear your hot takes on some of the headlines to let your voice be heard because this is MTMV Main Sports, which stands for my team, my voice. So let me hear your voice. Leave a message via anchor.fm or call the MTMV Sports sideline, which is 470-228-MTMV. This is the last week that I'm running a contest for tickets to Bellator 220. So your voice very well could get you in the door of the SAP Center for Fitch versus McDonald. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice. And until next time, it's your man, the voice, host of the MTMV main card, and I'm sounding off. <laughs>